flow coming from the rack store. Bet this back in the Mac in the back flow. Let's go, chillin' with raccoons by the back door. Take calls so you can stake more. All I wanna do is making door right. But I found this crew and doing alright. We wreck will bitch, ready to fight. So many raccoons ready for the boss life. I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right prize. Raccoon supply has the right price. Giving you respect if it's likewise. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack rap from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack pack from the stash app. Rack will take a lead in this haystack. Morning, morning, morning. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic noise. Absolutely fantastic. I've been looking forward to this show. I'm psyched, I'm hyped, and I'm nervous. How about you guys? Yes, very excited as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it has been really uh, nice, but very tough at the same time these last days with uh, yeah, all the organization of the testnet launch uh and main at lunch as well we're doing them together so uh yeah it's uh it's been amazing it's been very cool and uh, excited as well thank you for the invite so uh, and very nice rack music thank you thank you man always a pleasure and it, we are really really happy that you could come today nice so so maybe we could do like um because simon is here um and uh, so I am Katerina, another co-founder of uh, Noise, and then Simon is here. Maybe would uh, request the speaker as well. Of um, course, I just yeah. invited him. Cool, cool. So good morning, Ken. Good morning, Mal. Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm just uh, just getting my headphones connected up. Give me. No worries. Do you guys hear me or? Absolutely yeah, perfect, great. clear, loud and great. clear. Just waking up, a small coffee on the side. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, space. So uh, thanks for being invited. Very happy to be here. Hello, hello. Good morning. Is it morning where you are? Good morning, Simon. Uh, no, for me, it's afternoon. It's just one o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, yeah, same here. Um, we are in, in Europe. Yeah, me too, man. When Europe are you, Simon? Pardon? Where in Europe are you residing, ah, yeah, if you don't um, mind yeah, asking? Uh, I'm German, um, but right now we are on a team retreat in uh, Belgium. Um, so, yeah, Central Europe. Awesome, man. I'm sitting in Denmark right now, out in an unknown, unknown location, way out in the countryside. It also sounds nice. Are you planning for something? It is, it is. <laughs> what you're saying, Ken? Are you planning for something out in the, uh, the countryside? Always, man. Always hatching a plan. Right now, I'm just looking at some pheasants out my window, and I'm trying to plan how I'm going to catch them and eat them for dinner. <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous. So, again, thank you, everybody, for coming. I think before like we get into the nitty-gritty of it all, I would like to hear just a little about yourself. But if you could keep it under two minutes, Two minutes introductions i would really appreciate that because to be honest i don't think people came here to hear about your personal stories but they came to hear about the tech the randomness the chaos so if a noise 
the noise, the guest of honor. If you go first, then we can have Simon, Ken, and then Rack. All right, all right. So my name is um, Guys, but in on Twitter it's Katarina uh, because that's my League of Legends, um, uh, yeah, League of Legends uh, hero. I was starting. I'm coming from Web two stuff, well, or DevOps um, and um, finance, banking, and some AI stuff as well, but really more mostly DevOps. Um, I've been in the yeah crypto space the blockchain for like uh two years two years and a half and one of my big interests uh yeah is randomness i mean da uh so yeah this is me hey everyone i'm simon um i'm in my day job i'm one of the three co-founders of uh, confio um and this is what i'm doing most of my time um, so um, I'm developing Cosmosm, the virtual machine, uh, doing that uh, together with Ethan and Martin and uh, 20 other people since um, yeah almost three years now. Um, and one of the challenges that we uh, that we encountered with um, Cosmosm is something that people always ask for is yeah, but how, why can't I access this random number generator? Why wait? Is this not possible? And then you always have to explain to them how sandboxes work and stuff. So in uh, late 2020, I came across um, this project called DRAND, um, which um, yeah is basically a random number generator. And as a side project, I uh, started experimenting with that. And yeah, did not follow that for a very long time. Um, but then two years later, I thought, okay, uh, we, we gathered a bunch of people together um, and thought, okay, we make that a reality. And we only uh, do not only build that for, for one chain, um, but uh, for the entire IDC system. Um, yeah, so I'm a software developer, um, also co-founder of Confio um, and co-founder of Noise. That's, uh, yeah. Where I'm located in the ecosystem. Thank you so much, Simon. Ken, go ahead. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for kind of, I guess, reaching out yesterday. Um, I'm Ed3's ecosystem leads. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm a, a non technical, but kind of hands on with developers type person. Um, the, the co lead of the team is one of our core protocol engineers. And um, yeah, we've been. We've been creating the first party Oracle architecture. Um, it, essentially, we think that uh, bringing data on chain from the sources uh, you know, is a more efficient way to, to operate Oracles. Um, as such, one of the first services that we released, this was going, it's, it's almost been live for about a year. It's like April, May time last year. We deployed AirNodes um, to the Australian National University's Quantum Optics Division and released api3 QRNG as a, a public good um so i think there's 13 different ecosystems initially that could access what the scientific community refers to as true randomness and we extended that to 19 chains recently um just over i think it was just after christmas time we finished that up and um, beyond this we're building uh we're, we're kind of close to to rolling out uh uh, data feeds for DeFi, um, which will will have updates in the kind of uh, you know in the near future, and um, yeah, I mean beyond that, we we're also introducing Oracle Extractable Value uh, or the concept of Oracle Extractable Value, and yeah, alongside the the 
DAPI data feeds, you'll be able to capture value at an Oracle level and um, kind of see that that kind of value that would otherwise gone to block producers via MEV be returned to the decentralized applications or dApps that are building these services. So I know you said not to waffle on too much for two minutes, but I hope that gives you a broad overview of API 3 and um, yeah, I guess a little bit about me. Awesome, thank you, Ken. Could you repeat the name of the project? Um, I think I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, so we're API 3, API 3 down. Oh, okay, thank you, cool. Yes. Awesome, Ken, thank you. Mal, go ahead. Yeah, hey guys, my name is Mal, not my real name. We're not the Dutch team, but uh, I'm basically one of the two co-founders of uh, Rapid Supply. And uh, the goal of our project is basically uh, have games of randomness or a game of chance on blockchains. And as of now, we're on two chain, uh, Wawa and Juno Network. And basically, the things we want to explore is like, what can we do with NFTs on blockchains? And we're also building an NFT marketplace on Wawa. Basically, the goal of the project is to have fun with the user and have our user use our product, so basically building the apps. But um, on my side, I come from, uh, let's say, research, also worked into deep learning. So most of my background, let's say, 70% uh, of deep learning research and developing stuff in this area, mainly like generative models. But uh, down the line, you know, when you start like developing these kind of technical thing, you end up doing more soft software development. So this is where I ended up. And uh, let's say I've been in crypto since 2017, and I started really working in crypto since maybe the end of 2020, something like that. So that's pretty much it. Thank you, Maud. Thank you. So a short introduction of me. My name is Bruce Mann. I will be the host for the day. I have zero technical knowledge. I'm a gamer, and I'm a people person. So yeah. Let's get into it, guys. I have like one question that I think is really important to answer. Does randomness exist? Because like a computer device, it's a finite device, right? But what about the universe? Is that a finite device as well? So does true randomness exist? Or is it just a word that we use when we do not know the order of things? Uh, I would ask the question if it matters, because I mean, from randomness, you in practical applications, you want certain properties, um, and one of the properties is that you get bytes that are uniformly distributed, so you don't have any bias. You uh, want bytes that are unpredictable, so nobody knows the value in advance. Um, maybe there are. Um, two or three more that I'm not uh, currently aware of. Um, but if you have those properties, then why would you bother where the randomness is coming from? At least I don't, I don't do. But yeah, it's a scientific discussion that I am not an expert of. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you have all the data in the world and the universe and can calculate that randomness, fine, you can hack the system. But for now, um, we don't have that. I don't think anybody have the, has that. So um, yeah, so for now, we can consider that there is actual randomness that nobody can get or predict or bias. So yeah. I mean, I, um, I guess from the view of 
I, I guess I'm, I, you're approaching this from the view of a decentralized application needing to to kind of utilize randomness, right? Yeah, any application basically. Yeah, fair. Um, I mean, so so at the minute, as the the kind of name, I think you mentioned it's a deterministic environment. So I think that's referenced somewhere. But yeah, I mean, there's three forms as far as I'm aware. There may be others that are being introduced, but uh, you know, there's the randomness generated by the hash uh, ID of the block producers. Um, there's Chainlinks VRF, which is a mathematical based uh, verifiable random function. That's what it stands for. And um, that's basically used by the various different hash IDs of the node validators that are then um, calculated together, I believe, which is fairly accurate. And then there's the, uh, yeah, leaning into quantum fluctuations. And um, in the scientific community, I'm not a scientist. So this is just referring to the people that we've kind of integrated this with. Um, you know, they lean into, there's a really nice visual that somebody just created actually, which would summarize this for you guys. Um, yeah, I was just just opening it up as uh, yeah. So basically, leans into quantum entropy. It's referred to, and you know, it's kind of noted here. Quantum physics practically provides an infinite source of truly random numbers. Though it uses fluctuations within a quantum based. I'm not quite sure how they do it, as I say, but yeah, so, so they're using a laser to laser to measure vacuum fluctuations and use this to generate random numbers. Um, which I believe the scientific community refers to as the most pure form of randomness. But you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, practicality will kick in. I'm sure for most of these people that are building applications. Yeah, I think it's a very great thing that you brought about uh, coming from because basically at the end of the day, quantum randomness comes from like some sort of natural phenomenon, which I think, in my opinion, is one of the most pure form of randomness because we're not able to explain it, and it comes from something. Uh, let's say the atmospheric pressure and stuff like that. These are all kind of things that we as humans are not able to explain and we categorize it as random. But when you think a bit further and think about Bruce's question is, is it because we're not smart enough to actually explain what's happening there? Because, you know, quantum stuff has not been like proven and it's pretty hard to understand for the common human being, let's say. And I feel like this kind of randomness is truly random because there's no way to actually understand what's happening. Otherwise, there would be some mathematician that finds, let's say, a function, you have your input, and you're able to predict what's going to happen. So I think quantum randomness is one of the, is one of the key things to actually have, like, some sort of true randomness. Thank you for that, guys. So, like, quantum randomness, that's, like, right now the pinnacle of randomness research and techniques if you can say that is that right as as far as uh, i mean yeah i mean i can't say if i'd like a career into researching you know different types of randomness and how they're generated but if if you guys look at my reference point is the australian national university's quantum optics division that's a bit of a handful but you can all google this and go see you know i guess how they talk about themselves and how they generate their their randomness types um you know the the vrf Chainlink solution is it's still pretty you know it's still a pretty definitive way you know it's, it's a strong way to form randomness you're using as i understand it the various hash ids of different blocks that are then sort of uh you know multiplied together or formed together um to 
to provide you with a, a source of randomness as such. Um, you know, if you're, you know, if you think of the use cases on chain at the moment, you've got perhaps NFT minting, perhaps loot boxes, perhaps, um, you know, with there's somebody that's using it as like a light strategy, uh, sorry, as like a way to define a route through a light strategy game. Um, we've got people using it for, uh, you know, on-chain prediction markets, on-chain casinos um, within like roulette wheels or uh, there's other types of, it's called uh, Arcadium that he's uh, developing that at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, the, for me, I guess it's down to the personal preference. I think what you're saying is correct. You know, do people understand this um, in enough detail to to kind of form a judgment? I think that's the general question. And I've got a definition of quantum randomness that I've got here, which is uh, noted as a bit of theory. So in quantum physics, a quantum fluctuation is a temporary random change in the amount of energy at a point in space as prescribed by Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. These fluctuations are inherently unpredictable in nature and theoretically this could be used to produce a random number. So it's a, it's a laser that measures fluctuations in... Uh, energy within the air i believe that's how it kind of works and they have this it's, huge it, machine that, it's that this it. it's the sub uh, as how i understand quantum randomness it's measurement of the sub atomic particles inside of a vacuum right and the fluctuations between them and the positioning exactly Awesome. But isn't it practically speaking, uh, speaking as random as a wall of lava lamps that we also can't predict, which is way easier to measure by taking photos of it? Was there somebody, I, I think I've seen somebody using that as a source of randomness. Right? Yeah, yeah, this is why I'm referring to it. It's uh, done by Cloudflare, yeah. at least in some marketing campaign. I don't know if they really do it uh, long term, but they did it. But yeah, doesn't does, doesn't that like with the lava lamp? Couldn't you like draw comparisons to the double pendulum randomness, where you have a pen double pendulum, you drop it from an angle, and it creates what seems like a random pattern, right? And then you can drop the same double pendulum, but just at a slightly different angle, and it will continue to make another random pattern. But if you know the, let's say the, the angle is it is the seed. So if you find out the seed, you can predict the pattern, right? I think, doesn't that apply to the lava lamps as well? Um, I think the um, co uh, system is way more complex with the lava lamp. Um, so you, I mean, you have those bubbles, they melt together in, and, and merge and was split and uh, go up and down. Um, it, I think, yeah, it's very similar, um, but it's way easier to describe this pendulum, um, which we predicted. But I mean, if you, uh, if I you think have a hundred of them and take pictures, then it will probably be hard again. But I think one important aspect here is not just the randomness itself and how you take it, but also who is taking it and how many people and how, what is the link between the, these people that take this randomness. And here, I think that decentralization of this randomness is plays a big part uh, in this because, okay, you can use quantum um, uh, and you can have proper randomness, but at the end of the day, if you don't trust 
your the decentralization and now maybe i'm speaking a bit more pragmatic uh, like in a proof of stake system if you cannot trust the decentralization of your validators sure get whatever randomness you want and then the validators agree they want to cheat you well then they cheat you but if we already set a base that we can trust these validators then if those generate randomness for example uh, on a equally or higher decentralized manner, then I think we can safely consider that a proper uh, randomness. I'm not going to say true randomness. I'd, I'd agree. I think, I think like the, you know, what we're doing is uh, we, we've just onboarded another quantum RNG provider uh, called Quintessence. Um, then we have, we have a third provider, but um, we, we're kind of looking for another a kind of larger well-known quantum rng and then we will basically aggregate those qng providers so you have you sort of removing that single point of you know onboarding through the nodes um i think what you're saying at the end is right like, i think at the end of the day a lot of people need these tools to be able to build the applications and services um you know in the pursuit of solving the oracle problem there's been maybe other trade-offs that have been introduced um and you know if you if you're i think the premise of relying on a middle node a middle node layer to to trust them is another point of trust that you need to introduce in this whole kind of supply chain um that if you if you think going to the data provider or the people who have got like you know, 10 years of history and operating these types of apis or data providers uh, data sources associated to randomness um is you know is is better than trusting a middle node layer then you know i think that's another consideration um in general that people should take on board uh, i think the the advantages of it being a qng is that you know of randomness as an oracle is that there often isn't a scenario where there's uh you know i guess money at risk besides perhaps prediction markets um so you know if you're minting an nft yeah. I think the, the builders applications question whether they need to be paying for maybe th access to three or four different data sources to then aggregate that to then provide that as a you know a service for perhaps a you know a lottery giveaway or a like whitelisting process. Um so yeah, it's all I think it's all down to the the use case, the individual project and, and kind of how far they want to take that centralization. So dogmatism almost. So um, in in the case that you're describing, you have a, a very good source of randomness, and you need to bring that um, on chain somehow. Um, do you get that uh, signed by the provider of the randomness, um, such that you can verify the signature on chains, such that you know, okay, at least it's only one organization that can cheat me here. Yeah, yeah. So every node that is deployed to whichever API provider or API it is that you want to bring on chain, the air node has a, a an address or an ID um, that when that data is served on chain, part of the process of is verifying that it came from that uh, data source, the air node source that it was deployed to. Um, yeah, that's basically the verification process. Yeah. I'm unsure how others do that, actually. Um, I think the, the chain link method is they switch between validators. They switch between which validators are providing that hash ID. Um, 
I'm not sure how they verify that, even though it's called VRF, so they will do. Yeah, I'm, I'm also not super familiar with the details of um, link VR, uh, yeah, link v, chain link VRF. Um, but from my understanding, they are using a system called um, elliptic curve VRF, and this is basically something very similar to um, you know, digital signatures, such that uh, just that the signer cannot um, generate as many signatures as they want. They can only sign, uh, create one unique one, so they cannot um, iterate through uh, through the process until they find a value that suits them. Um, so yeah, there, there's a specification for that, um, and it can be done. And uh, I'd like to jump in here because I've been discussing some nice things about like the true form of randomness and is it verifiable and stuff like that, but. If I take it from more of a nap perspective of like example what we're doing, we have like a hundred sided dice. Like one of the things that at the end of the day you have to think like, yeah, if I have this source of randomness is a bit better than this one, but what's the actual the actual application and why are you taking this randomness? Like at the end of the day, there is pretty good pseudo random generators that can have a sequence, let's say, of ten thousand numbers, which would be unpredictable. I'm not saying it's the best best thing to use if it's like there's a human life at risk, but at the end of the day, depending on what you want to do with the randomness and how many number you actually need uh, to do something. So this is, how can I say this? Like at the end of the day, if you can have, let's say one very random number, whereas another random process is able to give you, let's say during a block, there's going to be 10 people that are going to throw a uh, hundred sided dice then you need more than just one very good random number. You need a bunch of them. So at the end of the day, if you're just using uh, one very random number for the seed of your process that you want to do because you need, let's say, 100 or 10 random number, then it, it's a bit of a difficult question because you don't need only one number. You need a bunch of them and very fast. So I think this is where there's a lot of questions or discussion to be made because why do you need this randomness is a good question because maybe you don't need the best source of randomness you just need a bunch of numbers that are going to be good for let's say a sequence of a thousand numbers i don't know if that made sense for you guys yeah absolutely it's a very um application specific trade-off so if i'm uh, on chain doing coin flip applications and the value of uh, each of those game rounds is uh, two dollars then uh, I'm certainly not going to uh, look for a source of randomness that is highly secure because what, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, even if a block producer was able to, um, to cheat the system, would they bother for, for low values um, uh, game? Um, and if I have an application where I need randomness very, very slowly, um, and the impact is very large. Um, I would not only think in terms of monetarily uh, high value, but also, for example, there are a lot of um, applications in the field of governance where there's actually a society trust at risk um, that you can hardly measure in, in terms of money. Um, but it's very important that um, you have a randomness process that not only you as the provider trust, um, but also the entire um, group of affected people trusts. 
Um, and there you might have an application that where you only need uh, a random value every year or every four years, depending on what you're doing there in, in with governance. Um, but then you want one where you can show to everyone here, this is where we got it, this is how you prove it. Um, and we had no idea to, uh, no, no ability to influence that even if you wanted. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good point because, and also like, it's very hard to have, let's say when you, I'm just going to take a pure example, when people are very interested in AI these days, because it's chat GPT and then you have this mid journey thing, but there are people, if people, I don't know if people know, but basically how it works is that you have a source of randomness to train these models because you need like, it's called a Gaussian distribution, normal distribution. It's, it's some sort of a random process that is distributed according to some to some function, let's say. But at the end of the day, like you get pretty good models, even if you're using like a pseudo random source of randomness. Because like Simon said, like there's not going to be someone at risk because of this, because you're only training a model. So I think that's where, at the end of the day, if you understand like, well, which type of randomness, how much you need, and then you can fit exactly uh, the source of randomness you need. So I think there's, it's very like, not a personal, but what type of application you're going to do with these uh, random numbers. Yeah, but even in the field of uh, AI, there is uh, a bunch of interest and push for verifiability of those algorithms. Um, as uh, artificial intelligence uh, will become more and more important to everyday life. And um, there is um, a desire to ensure uh, it's not all controlled by one um, closed uh, company um, that then produces some model that nobody understands anymore um, and that defines so much in our lives. So even there, we could uh, see the need for uh, verifiability. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And one thing that we could add on top of this is reproducibility. So if you say, oh, I have the best AI model to produce like a chat GPT or these kind of images, but like if you don't know where, like you can manipulate the source of randomness of your model because you have one seed and then the model is being trained. So like you said, it's very important that companies or projects remain transparent with what's the randomness they're using and if people can reproduce, uh, let's say, the result. Exciting stuff, exciting stuff. So noise network, would you mind talking a bit about how you're going to produce randomness and your your project? Um, yeah, so what we can do is explain how we provide randomness. Um, what we don't do is use randomness because, well, we are an infrastructure provider. Uh, we don't need it ourselves. We don't build applications. We uh, let other people do exciting stuff with it. Um, so uh, what we do is um, we use uh, DRAND, um, a project called DRAND, it's short for Decentralized Randomness, um, as the source of randomness. Um, and DRAND is a project that has been around for um, more than two years. Um, it is based on threshold uh, cryptography. Um, so you have a consortium of um, organizations uh, at this point, I think something between 20 and 30 organizations. Um, and they uh, produce collectively uh, random values. So none of the participants um, can cheat 
the system in any way alone. Um, they would all have to collude, or I think a, a large majority of them would have to collude in order to pre-compute um, a randomness uh, before the time when it's supposed to be released. Um, so this is a, a randomness uh, source that I find quite inspi uh, inspiring. Um, I think it's it's cool. It's developed by uh, Protocol Labs and it um, creates the randomness for Filecoin block production. Um, so if there was anything wrong with DRAND, then the entire Filecoin blockchain and consensus mechanism of Filecoin um, would be in serious trouble. Um, now those um, random beacons, how they are called, um, the, the randomnesses, um, they are produced every 30 seconds um, and they come with a digital signature. So uh, what I can do is I take one of those uh, beacons and I can verify it. And I don't need to trust anyone in between, between the nodes generating it and, um, and me as a user, because I can verify the beacon myself. So we have um, uh, off-chain bots that uh, collect the randomness from DRAND. DRAND has nothing to do with uh, blockchain, by the way. It's completely uh, off-chain. Um, they, they collect those um, randomness, uh, random beacons, um, and then send them via transactions to our chain. And on our chain, they are verified um, such that everybody can see, hey, this is how the verification is working. It's actually verified. Um, and yeah, even the bots who are bringing them, they could uh, run or get out of service, uh, but they cannot provide wrong values. And if they do, well, they are just rejected. Um, yeah, and uh, this randomness we then uh, make available via IDC uh, to applications. Um, so we are focusing on Cosm-Bosm-based uh, applications. Um, we have a proxy on the chains where the application is installed. Uh, you send a request to this proxy uh, for randomness. Uh, the, random, uh, the proxy uh, requests the randomness via IBC to, from the uh, noise blockchain. Uh, you get the randomness. Um, and yeah, the, the beacon is returned to the application and you get a callback when you, when you have the um, when you have the randomness. Um, yeah, one important thing here is that um, the randomness we take is always um, a beacon that at the time of request uh, has not been published. Um, so nobody can, even if this uh, process takes a, a couple of seconds or a couple of blocks, then um, you, are, you know, uh, okay, nobody can interfere with the system in the meantime. Um, and nobody saw the, the randomness before. Um, yeah, uh, and this is what we're doing. We have a bunch of demo applications um, on Juno, but also other Cosmosm-based um, IBC blockchains. Um, and so far, it's looking quite good. We are launching mainnet, by the way, next week. Congratulations with the upcoming mainnet, mainnet launch. Yeah, go ahead, Ken. I was just going to say the same. Congratulations! It sounds uh, sounds like you've got a, a good kind of system in place there for for your RNG. Thank you. Interesting to learn more. So how how does uh, I don't know if you know, but how does DRAND produce the randomness? What kind of randomness is it? Is it, is it deterministic? Is it pseudo random? Is it true RNG? Is it periodic? Um, it's um, pseudo random number generator. Um, so the, um, there's a, a key sharing ceremony 
Um, and in this key sharing ceremony, um, they ensure that everybody in, in the group has uh, private keys um, and they have a collective public key. And um, with this public key, they uh, do a threshold um, signatures. And what they do is they just create uh, collective signatures on the round number. So there's just a counter, which is counting one, two, three, four, five, and so on. Um, and they just sign this round number. And the signature of this um, round number is uh, the, the randomness. So um, this is something that you cannot do with uh, algorithms like uh, ECDSA, uh, what we are using with SECP uh, for regular signatures, or um, EB25519, um, because for those signing algorithms, the signature is not unique. So the person who is signing can generate as many signatures as they want for the same message and the same public key. Um, but since they use in Indiran, they use uh, BLS uh, signatures, those signatures are unique. So there's, we know there's only one uh, possible signature for the message that they are signing um, and the public key. Um, yeah, uh, which means there is never a way um, the Indiran uh, group could provide a wrong value um, to yeah, just give a value that they want to have. Uh, they, they cannot manipulate it. What they could do in theory collectively is uh, stop producing uh, random values or pre-calculating values uh, that they are not supposed to pre-calculate and, and publish. But for that, you need um, a large number of those participants to actively influence uh, the value. And um, maybe I would jump in here. Um, I was wondering because how usually Oracle works, and I believe that's our noise work and API tree. So how it works, I feel like it is you're going to ask, let's say, I'm going to need a random number, let's say, for this given block in one or two blocks. And then you're going to receive that random number, and you know it's going to be random. But from a NAP perspective, let's say, because I, I think API tree, correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, I think uh, people are like when they log the random numbers, you have a bunch of random numbers that are logged and then one one is used, it's never gonna be used again, right? But still from an app perspective, um, if you need let's say 10 random number within a block and you need this randomness from inside a block, do you, did you guys think it's gonna be possible at some point to have these type of architecture? Yeah, it's already possible. Um, it, it's it's a section within our docs that's it's not hidden, but it's we've been asked this recently, actually. Um, you can basically create an array where you request a, a, a set number of the, the RNG numbers um, in one request, basically. So you can have like 10 numbers be pulled through if that's what you want, if that's what you need. Okay, so it's actually uh, already all, possible no. to like, I'm going to ask like, let's say five random number and within the same log, you guys are able to provide like, with one query, you guys are able to provide these five random numbers, right? Yeah, it is. It's something that we've not, uh, we're, we're looking to produce a guide around it soon, actually. Um, it, it is possible. I, I think it's a way that, it's the way that you request the numbers. You need to put in that, that request an array to pull X number of um of the rng uh, 
creator numbers that three. So th- this is something something that's like it, that. Yeah. Right. So this is oh. this type of randomness, like, is something that's crucial for like the app on blockchains because, like, from a user's perspective, if you want to have like you're gonna mint something and then you have to reveal because you need to wait to receive the randomness for people to see what NFT they minted. Whereas what you're saying now is that you can mint and right away there's gonna be randomness. You don't need two transactions. So from a user's perspective, it's much more fun to do one thing, one click in comparison to two clicks. But, you know. Yeah, so for, yeah, got it. Um, go on. Uh, our, our solution to this uh, problem is a little bit different um, where we just say, okay, everything that is happening inside a block is deterministic anyways. Um, so what's the point of uh, inserting multiple uh, random values into the block if you can just derive them? Um, so we have uh, utility functions that allow you to make um, derive randomness in an app-specific way, such that you say, okay, I don't want uh, any of my competitors to use the same values. I want um, a value that is, for example, I hash um, my um, my contract address into the randomness and I get an application-specific randomness that nobody else uses. Um, and then you can say, okay, um, instead of just having one randomness, um, I locally genera- uh, generate with this seed, uh, this very strong uh, source of randomness as a seed, you generate as many random values as you want. Um, so we provide utility uh, functions for that um, in, uh, in Rust um, that is uh, tightly uh, integrated with noise, so make this very, very convenient to use. Um, and they even implement the iterator interface. So what you can do is just uh, create a loop, a for loop, and just say, yeah, give me, give me, give me, give me randomness um, until you end your loop um, without uh, too much trouble for the app developer. Simon, do you think uh, at some point it would be possible, let's say, VI, BC, I don't know, a query or an implicit message that you're going to call a random number and you can get it from inside the same block because i know the idc is a bit different because of the timeout and stuff like that so do you think that's something that will be possible in the future or maybe it's already possible um so we are really focusing on the ibc use case and noise um there are dozens of opportunities to make that chain specific but we say hey we really want to push for this world where the entire ibc is just one big computing engine that's that's our vision. We don't want to provide anything uh, that only works for for one um, chain because this has been done. I mean, people have used um, the rent uh, beacons on Terra, for example, in a Terra-specific solution. Um, this is cool, but we we want to go one step further. Um, so we take IBC for granted um, and say um, an application that is um, on an IBC chain is first-class citizen. Um, so we will. Uh, continue to work on asynchronous um, communication and uh, don't provide um, this APIs that are uh, that are synchronous. Um, however, we will do a lot of very hard work on ensuring you get the randomness as fast as possible, ideally the next block, um, and uh, make sure yeah, the IBC uh, connection is very, very smooth. Um, there's a lot to optimize on the relayer side um, that, that can be done. Um, I mean, we are very still very early stage, and right now nobody needs fast relayers for sending tokens. Um, there is a lot that can be improved. Um, and then also, um, we might at some point decide, hey, 
we create randomness on the noise chain directly, um, such that we don't have this extra hop um, to DRAND. Um, that could also be something um, of yeah further research um, in order to reduce the latency. Um, in the meantime, right now, um, DRAND mainnet uh, produces um, a random beacon every uh, 30 seconds. However, they just uh, just a couple of just two or three weeks ago, they um, launched a new mainnet in which they um, create a random beacon every three seconds, um, so ten times as fast. Um, and we can we all already have this um, this mainnet integrated technologically. We will not provide um, three second rounds because it will create a lot of uh, data garbage on our blockchain as long as noise is not heavily used. However, we have now the ability to change to any frequency uh, between three seconds and 30 seconds uh, that can be divided by, um, by three. So we might go to 15 in the next step, maybe to nine, maybe to six. Uh, we'll see. Um, the database layer uh, in Cosmos SDK uh, is supposed to be improving, so we are really looking forward to that, and then really, uh, yeah, squeeze out those random numbers uh, much faster than we do today. Right, that, that's amazing news, and yeah, very well explained. But uh, again, congrats on the launch of Noise. I think it's going to bring uh, something new the uh, IBC, so it's pretty great. And maybe if I can jump in, it's not uh, regarding randomness and stuff like that. Uh, do you guys think it's like, because I know your cousin was an expert and Rust expert, uh, do you guys think it's going to be possible at some point to have like IBC queries from inside a contract, let's say that's on Juno, and I'm going to do a query from inside a block to, and let's say on Noise or Chihuahua or any cousin was an enabler chain, do you think it's something that would be possible? You mean within the same block? Yeah, yeah, within the same log, an IBC query to another chain. Is that something that could be possible? Oh, uh, no. Um, because you need a relayer that first sees that as part of your block, you create a request. And that request can only be read when the block is executed um, and done. Um, and then with this, uh, with this request, a relayer can provide the, the result. Um, yeah, so we have to look for or have to build applications that are asynchronous. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, that's not going to work uh, very well with more sophisticated stuff. Okay, that sounds good. But I just add some funky like idea in my mind that like if you're on a blockchain that you have a six second and then you're querying like another blockchain that has like two second blocks, it, would it be possible? And is this something that we can think of? But uh, it was just a random question. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. This is because the block itself cannot make the network request. Um, the block has to create a job for someone else to do the request, um, and that job is published after after the block. Thank you for that, Simon. Just want to welcome Biben up, our loyal host and co-host. Sorry, I overslept. I was up a little bit late last night. Um, just got back from vacation. Had some things to catch up on. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Benz. Morning. It was St. Patrick. Morning. St. Patrick's Day was awesome. Our vacation was awesome. I'm, I'm, I am glad to be home, though. 
vacation can become exhausting sometimes. You're not doing it right then, I think. But nonetheless, yeah, let's get back into the randomness. So I've been I've been reading up today on a lot of stuff that I had no idea about. And I've read about very, very little about the diehard test and the NIST test. So uh, any of you guys using these tests to prove randomness or is that just yesterday's news? Uh, we are not doing that directly, but I'm sure that the, um, the scientists who develop BLS signature verifications and claim the, the signatures are uniquely uh, distributed, they do this type of stuff. Um, so we are relying on certain properties where uh, people say, okay, um, those signatures have those properties um, and they know their ways to, uh, to test them. But directly, we are not doing that. Thanks. More we're, we're just, I, I would like to add that we're more an infrastructure uh, provider. So what we do is more we're placing ourselves as some platform that brings and ensures security in the transit of randomness and the verification that no, nothing is uh, malicious is happening on the way, uh, rather than actually the ones generating the randomness. Uh, so the job or the expertise within noise is more uh, like a tooling. And I don't think any in any day noise would become something else uh, that building that is built, that would be building uh, a decentralized app that does something. We would like to always be um, infrastructure providers for uh, the interchain pretty much. So even if one day we say, okay, we want, let's build the, uh, this other new product, that would also be an infrastructure product that would be used by other people, but not directly uh, something for, uh, yeah, the, we would always be providing tools for developers and apps and not for end uh, users or generating the randomness ourselves. Got it, man. Thanks. So that, that kind of raises a question for me. So you, the, you build the infrastructure to utilize the DRAND randomness on blockchain. The DRAND randomness is off blockchain and you build the infrastructure to get it on blockchain. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Yes, 100%. Awesome. So that means that we have to trust DRAND, right? Uh, yeah, you have, but you have good reasons to do so. Yeah, I got that because of the, the Filecoin thing, right? Yeah, because of Filecoin, because the people working there are great, because the inventor of DRAND is uh, part of our team, um, and uh, he can convince us that this stuff is solid. Um, the technology that is used there is something that is not uh, fresh and new, uh, but it's very proven. Um, and uh, it's also not a group of 20 to 30 strangers, but um, it's a proof of authority system um, where, yeah, it's uh, highly reputable um, organizations, uh, a bunch of companies that know how to run infrastructure safely, a bunch of universities um, and uh, organizations like Cloudflare is, uh, is a participant there. So um, you could be sh relatively sure that they have no interest in your on-chain lottery. Got it, man. Thanks. So, Ken, you got anything to add? Any questions from the API3 team? I know you have a kind of a different approach with the way that you want to do like trustless notes and stuff like that. 
Um, I, I mean, it's great to hear what's going on within Cosmism and I guess the IBC, and you know, I guess how that's all evolving uh, across different protocols within that, you know, the Cosmism world. Um, you know, we're, we're an oracle, so we're not looking at it from the perspective of a, of a chain as such. Um, you know, we, we, yeah, we're, we're kind of building the architecture to make connecting a chain to an API very simple. That's kind of our focal point. That's, you know, our, our light paper, sorry, our white paper outlines, um, you know, that we see this challenge of creating oracles that enable API providers to easily serve data to Web3. Um, they have a secure and transparent way of communicating to adapt because at the moment the oracles create uh, a little bit of opaqueness in, in that regard. And then um, creating services that are very flexible and can be you know, customized to the needs of either a chain or a DAP or a, you know certain kind of vertical within Web3. So in that regards, you know, we QNG at the moment, what we released or what we pushed live, it's still a viable service, but it is a public good. You know, we did it um, to kind of gain some user feedback and insights into how uh, the, the kind of architecture that we've built behaves in production. And, uh, you know, as we look forwards, we will continue to probably add additional quantum RNG providers into that aggregation. Um, it'll probably become a monetized service in the future where we charge for people to, to kind of utilize that when they need to pay for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just in general, you know, what I think where we're at is that people now, you know, that there's some kind of, there's, there's a bit more wider recognition that what we're building is, uh, you know, is, is going to have utility in the future. I think still people need to recognize that what we're building is still being built in many regards, not just API three, but I'm talking more holistically. So all of this is, um, you know, it's still an evolving, still an evolving type of, you know, conversation and, and kind of services search, um, that I'm sure people will have different solutions for and different takes on. And, you know, that's. That's the great thing about being part of it, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, again, just thanks for thanks for kind of reaching out and saying hello. Yeah, it sounds very good, and uh, I re really know that this whole Oracle thing is a different kind of beast um, if you make it in a very general way. So the, having this all this arbitrary off-chain data that you need to verify and bring on chain and um, yeah, being able for noise, being able to only do randomness um, is really an advantage here because, um, yeah, we, we do not, uh, for a lot of problems, we do not have them. Um, but also, yeah, we are not a, an Oracle um, organization or project and don't plan to be. So different focus for sure, different solutions. Um, and it's great we have them all. And again, I have a, I have a kind of tough questions for you regarding the API 3. Are you guys trying to kill Chainlink? <laughs> that was that was the infamous uh, headline of a CoinDesk article, right? Like, uh, oh, I haven't read that. Yeah, that the when we launched, that was the uh, that was the name of uh, the first piece that came out <laughs> about API3's existence. Um, uh, no, I mean Chainlink have have like pioneered the the kind of Oracle category as such. What they've built is allowed many different types of applications to to kind of find utility um you know it enabled DeFi summer so 
I wouldn't want to see them die. I, I think the, I think their position as a, a monopoly almost is um, is not necessarily their net good for the industry. Um, there's also, you know, the, the the when when the if you go back to 2018, the, the pursuit of solving the Oracle problem, which is to remove a single point of failure from a decentralized application, you know, that, that is very logical. And you can see why people would want to do that. Because there's been no lack of alternatives, I think there has been trade-offs that have been introduced due to the way that that has been performed so far. Um, so the, you know, the, there is definitely space for other solutions to, to come in and um, perhaps reduce those trade-offs and at the same time add value to to the people that are building the projects um i think also the sustainability of of oracles is a challenge that maybe isn't necessarily thought about as much um you know there's there's a lot of expense that goes with operating a a, a kind of inflexible middle node layer uh, that has perhaps 15 to 20 validators confirming data sources from, in some cases, I've seen just a single data source. You know, there's a lot of transactional fees. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, overheads with operating that Oracle. And I think that's another thing that will start to become um, a bit more prevalent as perhaps the next year or two unfolds. So, yeah, I don't know. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, I know it's a tough question. Go ahead, Mal. Yeah, I was going to say, because I know QRNG is free, if I remember correctly, you just have to pay for the transaction fee. But like, since you're bringing like, some revenue stuff, um, I was wondering, like, how do you guys generate revenue, let's say? <clears throat> Only from a QRNG perspective, like, I know you guys have other business, but do you guys think like this specific business, the QRNG, is something profitable? Like, as you said, it costs a lot to run these things. Yeah, so the way that we've, the, the model that it operates at the moment is it's a public good. So it's a permissionless service. Anybody can connect and read the QNG service on whichever chain they want to, to use it on. Um, the way it operates is that basically the users provide collateral to fund the gas transactions. So it, it's, um, you know, we don't have the overheads of operating um, those Oracle transactions and serving that on chain. I, I, I can't say this is definite but i uh, i guess i foresee a, a a kind of permission service so um people will be able to probably use the single source or single kind of you know source or qng service as a public good i think if somebody wanted to use perhaps a multi-source um qng perhaps we could call it dqng or something like that um then i i suspect that will have a cost to basically subscribe or authorize to that feed um, and then we'll probably start to manage the overheads for the gas wallets, uh, for the gas fees uh, and kind of maintain those wallets and ensure that, you know, the feed is, uh, working at all times. I mean, we, we ensure that the feed is working all, at all times for the public good, but yeah, have a bit more robust processes around it. It's a, that, that'll be more akin to the services that we'll have available for DeFi ecosystems. Um. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for that, Ken. Mal, I got a feeling that you have some hard questions for the noise network team as well. Am I right? 
Yeah, because because I'm wondering because like Ken like said, it's it's some sort of a public good because there's so many applications that uses randomness. Even not everyone knows about it, but it's a public good. That's a fact. So yeah, maybe same question to noise because uh, what's like how do you guys think you're going to be sustainable and generate profitability? Let's say. Um, it's an infrastructure product, but it's a product and it's a commercial product, and we sell it. Um, so if you want randomness, you pay fees for getting randomness, um, probably because it has value to you. So you can um, pay a small fee um, to noise in order to uh, get that random value in a very convenient and reliable way. Uh, we're not trying to give away this service and this value that we add for free um, in order to build yeah, um, a sustainable project. Um, it's not like with uh, open source software where yeah, you hardly have uh, the opportunity to monetize it uh, directly. Um, it's actually a pretty simple service where you pay for what you want to have. So pretty much you send, when you send the request, well, you need to also send, uh, so the request for randomness, you send with it some IBC noise tokens and then there is a predefinite by governance uh, price for the randomness, and then you get, it's as easy as you pay as you go. You need one randomness, you pay for one randomness, and then you get it. Ah, okay, makes sense. Yeah, that, that actually makes sense. Thanks, guys. So, Mal, is that an application that you could see yourself using in the, on infrastructure, you can see yourself using in the future for the products yeah. you're building? Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, for minting NFTs, for lotteries, that's for sure something we're going to use like it's i think it's the best source of randomness for people to use via ibc but when it comes to let's say uh playing, playing slots or uh throwing the dice it would be a great solution because you can go in two blocks the only downside is you know when you're going to play you're not going to know what's going to happen first you need to wait two transactions so there was still debating but we would still use uh, let's say for seed values as a random number and then use some sort of function, another pseudo-random function to have, let's say, uh, a thousand random numbers. So yeah, that's something, that's something we're going to use. Nice. So I would like to mention something that, so pretty much on our testnet and we expect kind of the same behavior on the mainnet as well, is that now we're running some, this end-to-end testing where we go to Stargaze and we go to Juno, like a testnet, and then we keep on sending requests for randomness every, let's say, a couple of minutes. Um, and then we calculate the time from the, uh, the moment you actually, the DAP requests the randomness until the moment they receive the randomness. And that has been happening with testnet with um, like a, with uh, this main net of DRAND of 30 seconds. Uh, and then we'll be, we've been getting randomness uh, end to end about 30 seconds, uh, 32 seconds on average. Uh, the maximums were about 40 seconds and minimums we're getting um, 14, 15 seconds, uh, the good case. Uh, but what is good to mention here is that there feels like there is a lot uh, to improve. There is a big, big margin, and especially the bigger margin is, as mentioned, uh, as Simon mentioned earlier, the DRAND rounds that are moving now from 30 seconds to three seconds, and that should uh, give us a lot of push to optimize. 
uh, in this end-to-end -end test. But also the second big part is also relaying because now the relayers that we have on testnet is more like, okay, I'm gonna check every 10 seconds if there is something and then I move it and then I bring it back. But um, if we have relayers uh, as good as the relayers that are transferring in osmosis, for example, then we could uh, aim to go uh, much, much faster for uh, and deliver that randomness end to end much, much faster. Thank you for that. So what you're mentioning right now is something I'm not a dev, I'm not a techie, but I saw that as maybe like your Achilles heel was like the timing. So if I build an application where I want random numbers like constantly with, let's say, an interval of three or four seconds, you're working to make that possible, right? Is that right? Is that correct understood? Yeah, uh, for sure. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So that's absolutely the goal um, to make that as convenient as possible. Um, but still, we have to see those applications. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of people are talking about this uh, mass adoption and uh, armies of users of are coming and measuring um, millisecond uh, um, delays. But uh, I don't think this is where we are at at the moment. Um, maybe we have seen uh, a bit of that when, uh, when Terra was active, um, but for other chains, yeah, okay. Um, it's more, uh, it's still a, a slower game, um, the whole uh, blockchain uh, world. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, um, also I'd like to add that, I mean, for now we have the possibility to decrease that end-to-end uh, -end time by decreasing pretty much like, uh, for example, the DRAM that we're getting the DRAND already from the DRAND that is giving three seconds, but we are not using all of them because it, it is not profitable to make so much effort when you don't have to decrease this and to add uh, database entries uh, and make all the, your validators struggle with their nodes uh, and have a large CPU and RAM to uh, accommodate all this randomness when at the other side of the, the way you don't have like so many customers. So if it, it would feel like you have a supermarket and then you would put 10 cashiers, whereas you have uh, only few customers, that doesn't make so much sense. But what we aim to do is to actually prepare ourselves so well that the moment uh, there are so many customers, then we can scale quickly and get all these uh, cashiers. So definitely what we would aim for is the super fast randomness. But for now, what we try to do is not to make it uh, very fast, but we get ourselves prepared so the day when we want to make it very fast, we can do that. Yeah, I think that's a, a very, very good point because, you know, it's possible that during the week, let's say, uh, during the, the working hours, there's not a lot of queries to have randomness, whereas, let's say, on the weekend, on a Friday night or Thursday night, there's going to be a lot of requests as people are minting NFTs, playing games on the chain. So, do you think that's something that would be possible? Because, you know, in other type of systems, you know that at some point, there's going to be a lot of like uh, asking for queries and asking for stuff. Do you think that's something that's possible? Let's say, you know, on the weekends, there's a lot more of people so you can scale it up. And then uh, during the week, it's just scaled up. Yeah, that's a super interesting idea um, and something that we did not think about before, but it's absolutely possible. So the only thing that you would need to do is uh, measure over time um, how many requests to get uh, such that you can predict a little bit. And then you don't make uh, this uh, 30 seconds or every 10th um, round uh, a constant, but you make it a variable that changes over time. 
which can be in certain time slots, um, can be every um, every fifth round, and sometimes you use every third round, and sometimes you use every uh, tenth round. Um, that's really cool idea. Yeah, I think it, it would be great also from a cost. It's, it's also I would like to add a small thing here uh, is that it is also possible to make in such a way that we because now at noise we are only incentivizing bots that bring randomness and we only accept randomness that is coming at its time so every 30 seconds but not the ones in the middle but it is also possible to explore other ideas where you say okay i leave it permissionless and then if you um, if you as a dap need that specific randomness or need that specific round you can also play the role of the bot and then come and then if you need it, you can bring it yourself instead of relying on other um, on other people to uh, to bring it for you pretty much. And then you can also run your own relayer uh, and then you can cover the whole flow. That's really great. Yeah. So many possibilities. It's nice to hear that you're you're ready for the scalability, and it's all also sounds like you have a or at least have a sustainable mindset about your business, not trying to produce more than you have to. Um, for Sasha, I think there are some comments uh, on the tweet, uh, but I would like to say, yes, the noise is only DRAND. I don't know if that has been. Oh, that's actually 37 minutes, 37 minutes ago. Never mind. Sorry. Don't worry. So I would just like to say we this space can max last two hours, and we are one hour and 12 minutes in. Um, we're going to end in 48 minutes because we're going to jump over to another back backbone space with B-Bands, if I'm not completely incorrect. So, oh, it's bareback. I mean, I'm, I'm just joking. Bare bones is bare bones. Uh, it's bare bones of Web3. <laughs> I was uh, planning for one hour, so unfortunately, I need to leave you more or less now. Um, but I don't know, maybe guys can yeah, stay uh, a little bit longer. Uh, so if you have uh, don't worry about uh, it, any guys. last questions, then um, go ahead. Otherwise, uh, I will need to jump off. I actually would like to jump off as well uh, because I'm, uh, I have to do stuff before I move to. I, I need to go to Amsterdam uh, very soon. So, yeah. Don't worry about it. Can you got something to say? Yeah, I, I would like to thank you a lot uh, for this invitation. It's really, it has been really a pleasure. Um, yeah, and I, I really hope that we could keep this, uh, yeah, this like a push and then we uh, continue it offline and check what we could uh, build together. Awesome. One moment. We can, before you guys leave, um, if it's possible, it would be nice for giving the guests a chance to come up and and ask you a question if there's anybody down in the listeners that want to ask something. I can see Robo just popped up. Yeah. Nah, he, he popped down again. He can't get it to work, it seems like. While we're waiting for Robo, I just want to say uh, thanks for Jen, Katarina, and Simon for coming in. Like, I really enjoyed the talk. Like, the, It's very nice to see people having like very similar ideas, but like implementing a bit differently. But still, at the end of the day, we're looking for the same thing to have like good randomness on chain so we appreciate the uh, talking with you guys yeah absolutely uh thanks a lot for the invitation and getting us on the show it's a uh, great opportunity ken go ahead man <laughs> um yeah no i mean just repeating kind of what others are saying thanks for uh, 
thanks for the inviting on. It's a good good conversation. I was going to ask. So we aren't we aren't yet integrated into the Cosmosm ecosystem. Um, I know there's Evomos, EVMOS. I think I've pronounced that correctly. Um, is that still the best? We are also working on a Rust Oracle. Um, it's uh, it's just quite a large rebuild, so we paused it actually at the moment just to focus on other things. But yeah, it, it, where is the best place that we might be able to perhaps serve Kieran GT um, that would connect to to you know the Cosmosm world? In your views. Um, yeah, so there are a lot of um, resources regarding getting onboarded with Cosmosm. There's uh, the Cosmosm Academy by uh, Confio. There's also an academy by um, the Archway team. Um, yeah, Evmos and uh, Cosmosm are completely different, uh, completely different um, smart contracting stacks. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, don't ask the maintainer of Cosmosm which one is better. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know to what degree um, Evmos uh, allows um, smart contract IBC connection. Um, Cosmosm is definitely built for that. Um, but if you are sending your Oracle data to the chains directly, I think this is a big design uh, decision that you have to make. Um, do you want to have one entry point to the IBC um, ecosystem? Or do and then send data around via IBC, or do you send uh, data to every chain directly? Um, and then it really depends which modules uh, those chains are using. Um, Cosmosm uh, as a popular one, or um, Evmos or Ethermint, it is called, as an EVM compatible one. Ethermint, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we explored we explored it a while ago. Um, I think I think like waiting for that native historical makes more sense, but it just won't happen. It just won't happen very quickly. Yeah, uh, so we had uh, something like 60-70% uh, um, usage of Cosmosm amongst um, uh, Cosmos chains. So uh, if you want to reach uh, all those chains, then uh, that's definitely a good bet. And um, I mean, writing some nice uh, Rust code is, uh, can, cannot be too hard. Yeah, the, uh, it's writing it and testing it, then putting it into production and testing it and then uh, launching it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Thanks for the advice. And yeah, thanks for thanks for hopping on. Um I mean not thanks for hopping on, but thanks for inviting us on. Of course, man. It's really a pleasure that you all guy all of you could come. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um I got a guy here, Shield, and I'm gonna try to see if I can get him up. He's a gigabrain just like you guys. Uh, and I know he probably has some really good questions. Sheldon, see if you can come up. We've had some problems with the Twitter spaces rocking after the new update, and it's just terrible. Yeah, Sheldon, can you come up? I don't think so. Otherwise, any last comments? Noise gotta go. He's gonna move to Amsterdam soon, right? Yes, I have to go to Amsterdam. We're from Brussels now. We're just uh, just like a. I made it sound like it's a big thing, but uh, just uh, one hour and a half, uh, yeah, or two hours. Don't worry about it, man. It's always, for me, it's always a bit stressful when I have to move over longer distances. Maybe it's because I'm lazy. I don't know. 
No, I, I fully like literally now uh, Simon and me, we are in the station, same station, walking around the station with all the noise uh, that you probably heard. Well, noise. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so now his train is already uh, here. So he left. And uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the Amsterdam uh, trip. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you very much again. And uh, I hope we can uh, yeah, keep this thread and really appreciate this talk. So see you guys. See you guys. And hop off the see ya. Don't worry. See ya. Thank you for coming, man. Especially if Noyce and Simon sitting on the train station. Hardcore deals. Hardcore deals. So, Mal, but did you like what you hear, man? You're the expert on the panel right here, man. You're the researcher. You're the developer. You're the dude that worked for the university and created knowledge for all those plebs. What do you think? <laughs> no, I think it's very nice because, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's, I think what people, well, everyone needs to understand is it's really like, why do you need randomness and what you're doing in it, what you're doing with it? So there's like pure randomness. Like, I think Simon said that at some point you're going to need a random number every year, then that's fine. Or if you need randomness, let's say you need a thousand number, let's say in one second, that's very different. But uh, I really like what I hear. Like it, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of like knowledge to bring randomness and change. So it's very nice to to see that people are building stuff that are quite different but works pretty well. True, man. I remember when we talked about this space in the beginning, you were a little. Hmm. I don't know if skeptical is the right word, but like the idea of getting random numbers every third second wasn't like the most uh, exciting idea, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it really depends what you're doing. Because let's say if we take, for example, a lottery, you know that the lottery is going to end in three days or a week or a month. So you know you're going to need randomness in a given time. So that's pretty easy to manage. Whereas if you're throwing dice, let's say you have uh 20 person throwing dice on raccoon bed and then you need like a lot of random numbers at the end of the day what you're going to use is pseudo randomness which you can do from inside smart contracts you just need to make sure that the seed which is like the first value that's going to generate these numbers is random and it cannot be predicted so for sure this type of randomness is not as good as quantum randomness but that's what you need and you need it fast so that's where you do some sort of balance. Like you need to balance what you need and that's it. But like you said, if we cannot get like a thousand number in one second, that's a bit of a deal breaker for certain applications. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And with this hopefully coming insanely huge mass adoption to the cosmos, we're going to need a lot of numbers really fast. Welcome up, Robo. My, 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 Hosting mentor, I would call you. Welcome, children. Also, hey, bro, am I am I in the room? Did I get in? Oh my god, how bad! You, you. Morning, Daddy. How you doing? Oh, the benefit. I woke up kind of late, guys. I'm so sorry. I was up till two a.m. like finishing the news and stuff. So I was like, I couldn't do it, man. I just couldn't. <laughs> oh, B-bands. I'm glad I wasn't in this one because this was like big brain stuff tonight. You know. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, me too. Bruce has done like, how good has Bruce done tonight? He's really carried the conversation extremely well for like the best part of an hour and 20 minutes. Take me hat off. Congratulations, Bruce. Son. Thank you so much, man. It means a lot coming from you, bro. And how, it really does. Thank you. And how's HR? Hello, Mal, you sexy little bastard. 
<laughs> How's it going over, man? Well, I'm trying not to cause any more fires, dude. I got a telling off last night, so I'm I'm on best behaviour from now on. Uncle Uncle Elroy <laughs> on his best behaviour, you know. Man, at the end of the day, you just gotta be who you gotta be. Like, don't get people like try to change you. You're just you, man. That's it. Robo, you never have to change, but you can always get better. You know what I mean? Beepens, don't tell that to the dude. Robo, you gotta change your underwear and socks daily. I know what you mean, Beepens. I know what you mean. And and you know something, these what we're trying to do, we're trying to forge forward anyway. Uh, Mol, did you enjoy tonight? Uh, getting API 3 on? Uh, that's kind of your, your wheelhouse. Did you enjoy yourself, yeah? Yeah, it was pretty nice. And seeing what they're doing, it's it's very different, man. Like to use quantum randomness is, is like next level things. So yeah, I, I was very excited when Bruce reached out to me and was like, API trees come in, and then you reached out, API trees come in. Amazing. Oh bro, it was so hard and it was really like last minute only when I tagged him because I thought like he was gonna be the I did want to try to get uh, I mean I know she's not an integral part, but she is like API three to me. I did want to get Sasha on as well. Uh, just because, like, I'm a pure fanboy, like, <laughs> I've got a right mad crush, but never mind. <laughs> He'll do. Uh, Brucey, we should get him back for a Friday show because he seemed like he was good crack. And he's uh, English as well, so we'll get on, like, a house on fire, you know? Perfect, man. Yeah, perfect. But, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the knowledge in this space as well. And I, I don't know if... Maybe if you don't know Moll, it comes as a surprise, but I wasn't surprised that Moll in like two sen- sentences helped noise, work, ne- noise Network get some new ideas. Like, that's gold. That was brilliant. That, that was absolutely brilliant. It was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, basically I, I helped a bit the guy. Basically, like, you know when you have like some sort of like a big uh, computer system and you know like that during the day you're going to have a bunch of requests? I helped I help some dude to create like a, an AI model that's going to predict, okay, I'm seeing these type of requests happening right now. So I think in an hour, I'm going to need more, like I'm going to receive more uh, queries. So I need to increase the capacity of the bandwidth. So, and that way you're saving money. So if you don't need relayers during like the weekdays, then that's it. But you need them during the weekend. So you're optimizing your profit too. Oh, dude, it was insane. Uh, you know something that Moll that uh, that I only like uh, realized like like quite like recently. Like I've always been aware of the golden ratio, right? Like it's obviously it's a, something that's prominent. Blah blah blah. You know we get taught it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I didn't realize that like when you when you got when you talk about pure randomness, people like I think people think it's easier to achieve than it actually is, right? Because, like, like, nature, like, defies, like, just pure randomness at times, doesn't it? It has, like, uniformity. Like, we have uniformity right across the entire, like, the entire universe kind of thing, right, to a degree, yeah? Yeah, and I really like that it went a bit, like, philosophical, let's say, because myself, my point of view is, like, pure randomness exists for now. Like, quantum randomness is basically, like, a natural phenomenon that we cannot explain, but... Is it because we're not smart enough yet to actually explain what's happening there? But yeah, it's these type of thing is kind of fun to discuss about it, but you never know if everything is true or many people have different point of views. But yeah, that part was very nice. 
I like that. I like that. I like the fact, don't you, Bruce? Do you like it as well? The fact of like malls, like, are we just not smart? Like, we're not smart enough yet that we haven't figured it out. And everyone's like, oh, right. Okay. Mm, maybe. A hundred percent, man. And today, when I was reading up about the um, randomness, I actually got a bit sad because I've, during my teenage years, I became very physical. Philo- I can't say the word philosophical. Please help me. Philosophical. <laughs> philosophical. Thank you. Thank you. About randomness. And I wrote a sentence down, I think I was 14 years old, and it always stick with me, where I said, chaos is the indicator of order ignorance. So when we call something chaos, it's only because we do not know the order, right? And the same with random. When we call something random, it's because we don't know the chain of reaction that led up to that action. So when I throw the dice, how they land is not random. It's physics, right? It's depending on what material the dice is made of. It's depending on how hard I throw the dice, what height, where, what material it's going to land on, the bounce and all this. It all can right. be calculated. But Correct. But we, we are not all in model, so we cannot calculate it. Model can be, or he can ask his AI to do it right so like that's go ahead i was just gonna say there's some kind of things that you think is random but you are if you have like uh, let's say an ai model or a system that is able to understand everything that's happening but like you said if if for example let's take something pretty random like if we were able to have like an ai model that's able to predict like the bitcoin price every second like it could be possible if you have a very very complicated model that predicts it, but for us, it's purely random. Like if you would know what's the price of Bitcoin in the next second, you would bet your entire your entire life saving on it, and you know you're going to be rich. But it's not possible. So, yeah, it's it's very philosophical. Let's say. Don't don't Las Vegas casinos spend like millions and millions of dollars a year into like research and shit on this kind of thing, like. Like, don't they like like really kind of focus on all aspects of like probability in regards to, like things like the dice? Like, if I remember rightly, like the dice have to be like calibrated, don't they? Uh, every single like sitting or something, and then every so often they take the dice out and recalibrate them, right? Like yeah, the the, it's, the casinos, yeah, yeah. like yeah. It's kind it's kind of crazy. Like they do, I think they do the same thing with the the roulette as as well, because like. At the end of the day, a casino is like, it's a business. Like, you know, you're going to make like your 2% like at the end of the year, but maybe for the first two weeks, you don't make any money and you're losing money. But like you said, these things need to be calibrated because you're betting on something that's going to happen not that very often. So that's where it's get a bit more tricky in in, like the human's brain because if something happens once every 1 million times, try to imagine that like once in a million times, even... Anyone is not able to actually understand once in a million because it's so rare. But when it happens, you're like, oh, shit, it actually happened. Because it's probable, like, but not impossible, essentially. That's the difference, isn't it? The difference between probability and impossibility. Or improbability, I should say, which is not impossibility, right? I'm glad you mentioned the roulette wheels there. I'm sure, like, years and years ago or something, I read about this about uh, you know the people that manufacture them don't they go through like insane like tests where they've just got this like robot and they just keep firing like on the roulette wheel like like millions of times to test it or something i'm sure the best in the world they've got some mad like machine to do that i read this like a few years ago 
I'm pretty sure like it, it's it's stress testing. And I think it's a normal common practice with like whenever you do mass production, right? You want to, it's the same with shoes. This They stress test the shoes. Same with like whenever I've, I've been a gamer on a fairly high level, right? And whenever I bought a new mouse or if I got a new sponsor, they will always tell me how many clicks was tested, not on that specific mouse, but on the product, right? So I was guaranteed I could click 5 million times on this mouse or this keyboard is guaranteed to work for 7 million keystrokes. Yeah, they did that with the Motorola. Uh, I think it was the Motorola Razor. Uh, yeah, it was, it was the Motorola Razor, if anyone can remember that. They had like a robot arm. Uh, in the Motorola factory, if you remember, like Google bought it over, and that's how Android came about. And that, but that V3, uh, the, sorry, like the V3 razor was called the the flip that everybody loved at the time in the early two thousands. That had like this arm or something, and it like a robotic arm, and it like given the flip like three million, like the phone, and it flipped it open and flipped it shut like three million times or something, and it was still going. Like the kind of like guaranteed it like it's a mad story that one there's pictures on the internet on youtube actually if you look yeah that's a that was a different time where like manufacturers were trying to make product that would last right it's <laughs> not, not how it goes anymore now all the money goes into obsolete design yeah well motorola like, was famous for that they were the first people to invent or create or bring into the market a gorilla glass so like Gorilla Glass kind of like standard now on, on the, you know, the tough phones, the builder phones and stuff like the, the workmen they use. But like, dude, Motorola, like kind of like that, that, their patent, I think, the Google, one of the patents that Google bought out. They were pioneers, Motorola. Absolutely. Hello, Moto. I still love the fucking sound, man. It's just programmed into my brain. Oh, bro, they had, like, the, the only indestructible phone, honest to God, on Earth. I forgot what it was called again. I think we are talking about it the other week. All yeah, of it, like, trading shoes to buy. Oh, dude, they loved it. It was called, like, the Brickett's nickname. It was just fucking indestructible. Anyway, don't know how we got on the phones from that. B-Bands, do you want to tell us about your guests uh, tonight, darling? Yes, today I have the Krusty Critters gang. They're actually pretty, uh, pretty big team, all family run. And they'll be talking about their different, um, the, the you know, their memes, the um, NFTs that they're doing, a little bit about their family. They did like a little video and introduced each person during the um, US, uh, USDC DPEG. So that I thought that was really cool. We'll, we'll get to like really talk to them, see what they're into. Um, they have a dev on their team. They have a zookeeper. They have a meme king and an artist and a CEO. So I'm pretty excited um, to see their mascot, wow. the Chumbo, the Chumbo, Chumbo Chumbalaya, which is like the, the, the dog on the NFT, the ugly ass dog. It's actually a real mm -hmm. dog. Like, that, like my dog is ugly as hell. So I, I don't, I know. <laughs> it's it's mad, aren't they? Critters are mad, aren't they? They're hilarious. And, and, and I didn't, when I saw the art, like I didn't expect the artist. I didn't expect the artist to be like Ariana. Like, I thought it was going to be like, because of the wittiness of of the um, images, I thought it was going to be like a like an old man or something. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> what the fuck, B bands get? What's wrong with your mind? It is. Oh I thought it was God. like because of because of the 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 
the way the NFT was, I really thought that maybe the artist. You heard it here first. You heard it heard it here first. A female, a female saying female ain't funny. You just told us that females aren't funny because you thought that was a dude. You thought it was dude because he was funny. No, because there was so many. There are so many dudes in this space. And I have a comedian going to be on the show, Jocelyn, an NFT comedian. She'll be on the show in a couple of weeks. So women are funny. I just, I just, maybe the style of the comedy is what I thought. You know what, guys? I just, never mind. <laughs> you know what? They are. They are great guys, though. They're great people. Uh, they came up and contacted me straight away when they got a raccoon. And they were like, you're looking for the raccoons, aren't you? For the trailer park kids. And I'm like, damn right, am I? And they completely like me three. And I'm like, I'll swap you for a squid. They're like, oh, we're looking for a squid. I'm like, no problem. And then they, they sent me a little raccoon crusty critter in a trash can. It looks lovely. To me, it's in the vault. It's yeah, they're a good gang. I like they're the art really style. Gang. I really do ah, like the art wha- style. They're a bit wacky. They remind me of some like 80s cartoons or something, right? Yep. But they also have a bunch of grown-ass people in the team, so that makes sense. Oh, that's that. That is true. Grown ass people. <laughs> yeah, because we have, um, yeah, the dev, ta- the um, the meme king. I'm sure he's like our age. I saw you know we we you watch the videos. Mm, what do you mean when you say like our age? You know, older. You know, up there, Be- not too up Be-band. there, but like in the middles. Bands, can, can, can I ask you a question? Well, can you ask them a question tonight? You can say this came yes, from let Robo. Me put it on my, hold on, let me put it on my question list. One second. All right, go okay. ahead. Question from Robo. Uh, who in the Cosmos community is their biggest muse? So I've seen them do like stuff on uh, Jacob and that when Jacob does the Goodfellas, you know, when he walks across the road and like slaps the other guy, you know, Goodfellas. You know, when they're giving his missus shit, Karen, and he walks across with a gun, he starts pit like, so he's done like a few with Jacob. He's done some with Joe and Don together, I've noticed, or they have, right? So, yeah, basically just who of the community is their biggest muse? Like, who provides them with, like, so much inspiration and material and entertainment for them to then go and do what they do with, like, the main videos and that? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I, like, Robo, I, I you got your fingers view. crossed right now. You're like, let them say Robo. Let them say Robo. Let them say Robo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I think, I think, I think Muse probably like is, is like the right kind of word. I don't know. I was thinking about that myself. I'm like, is that what that, but like, I just remember some of the shit they did when Jacob was on fire and it had me in hysterics. What were difficult times? Like some of the stuff Krusty Crit has put out carried us through some of the dark times. That's all I will say, am I? I, I mean, like the memes guys. are on point. The meme oh. king, he's on point. He's freaking hilarious. My favorite is the one where um, there the it's like an old Mad TV. I mean, SNL sketch sketch. And the devil guy, he's like, I'm your shoulder devil. And he like jumps on. He's like, put the McDoodle down. No one is seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Got a little chubby, chubby devil sitting on. Was whose whose shoulder was it that he was sitting on? Was it Don? Uh, what, uh, ch- chubby baby, chubby baby. Or what did you say? Chubby baby or chubby devil? It was a chubby devil sitting on whose? Uh, oh, it was um whose shoulder? It was on. J- it was on um Jacob's shoulder because Jacob, the whole thing with Jacob and um Joe was going back and forth, and they oh. had the. The shoulder devil on him. 
Oh I thought it was God. extremely yeah, witty. Yes, yeah, witty. I saw that, man. I'm your shoulder devil. And he crawls up on his shoulder. That's fucking funny, man. Which it, one was, was it was the... Joe's head. <laughs> it was Joe's head. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> which one was the uh, which one was the good fellas one where he walked across the road with a gun and then pistol whipped them in the street? Uh like real elite, uh, you know, on the movie when he walks and bang, bang, bang. Who was that again that he did it? It was Jacob and I don't know if it was Jackal or it was one of them who was going after at the time. It was fucking brilliant. Hey guys, can I ask you a question? Has anybody ever spoke to um L O W L slow 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 or no. Lowo? No one's ever uh, spoken to Wait, we were getting rugged the other night and I did invite Slow War up as a speaker and we got an acceptance, but then the bloody Twitter was rugging again and I think, uh, yeah, so I, they were going to come up. I just invited him or her or whatever. I, I, I they're there because I don't know if it, you know. Or they, come on, man. Can't forget. Well, can I, can I just say there is, I mean, there's a couple of superstars in the crowd. Uh, and we'll be all winding it down the next 20 minutes for Bay Bands. Uh, I will say we do have a very, very, very special guest listener tonight. Uh, first time listener, long time supporter. I mean, we've kept quiet, but you know what I mean, Bruce, yeah? So good I to see that. Oh, and I followed straight away. Followed us. And he, has he got that? Has he got the, the hexagon? Has he got the, it looks like the PFP's got a hexagon. Is no, just look. Oh, no, it's not. What's up, guys? Looks like it, doesn't it? What's up, guys? Hi, how are you? Good. I just be tuning in. Um, I love the content. I like rap. Um, FNM. I love Cosmo. So I just be here, being a SpongeBob. That's how. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who you were, and I was like, I bet you that's somebody's alt account. And I was like trying to figure out. I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> Because oh, yeah. you've been around for a minute, we just never chatted. Oh yes, um, I actually came to Twitter to join, like to just be up on all the crypto news and stuff. Because I've been trading crypto since like what 2017. I just didn't never understand the potential that the blockchain have. Then I just was doing some research on stuff. It's this company called Zscaler, and. I came across them like in 2015 and they hold platform on everything with security, um, making a platform where you can build different blockchains and different cryptos and all of that stuff. I didn't understand none of that stuff back then. But to, to be honest, Cosmo is the only place I done seen that fits that description. So that's really why I'm part of the Cosmos hub. Agreed. 100% agreed, young man, yeah? Yes. I can hear dogs in the background. Are, are they your dogs, yeah? You sound like you're in the country or somewhere, yeah? Oh, yes. Um, I'm in I'm in Georgia. I'm in Atlanta. I got a shepherd, a oh, mollywall, and a pit bull back there. Ho, ho, ho. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Fucking cool people out of Georgia, I tell you what. Honestly, I've met a couple of people out of Georgia, like, cool as fuck. Nice and fucking chilled, like. Yeah, I think Fox said he was um out here in Georgia somewhere. So you've been enjoying the shows. I see you got a, a nice skelly there as your PFP, yeah. Oh yeah. Did you yes. mint that? Did you mint that, or did you pick it up on the floor, or what? Uh, I bought it off the um off the um marketplace. Very nice, bro. I I must say that I 
absolutely love your dialect. Absolutely, man. Are you talking to me? Yeah, yep. your 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 voice. Yeah. It's very inviting. Very, the way the way you speak is very inviting. Very very nice. Oh, thank you. It guys. sounds it sounds so rustic. You know, that's how I would describe your voice, dude. It sounds so like rustic. I listen. I feel like I'm in the country, sitting around some tomato plantations or something like that, just chilling, having a room with you or something. That's how your voice makes me feel, like, dude. Uh, yeah, when I went out to uh, when I went to California, every time I opened my mouth up, people always was turning and looking at me, and I said, I just need to be quiet. <laughs> they were jealous. Like you say, you can't. This is natural. <laughs> oh, this guy's class. I've heard, I've heard uh, people from like like Boston and that say the same though. You know. Like, people from Boston will go to California with an accent and that, and people will just, like, stare at them, like, what the fuck did you say? Uh, I've also got the feeling that there is a certain culture in California, right? Around money and being right and being correct. But I, that's all assumptions. Listen, I went to California thinking I wanted to move there. I went to Chula Vista. I spent, like, two, three months out there. And I was like, nah, I'll just go back to Florida. <laughs> I didn't really like it too much, to be honest. It wasn't for me. You, you're one of them Florida women. I like Florida a lot. Unfortunately, I've I'm heard, not there. I've heard it's impossible to live there this summer, though. Like, like people talk about the mosquitoes and like the heat and the storms and that. I've heard like it's all right when it's all right, but when it's not all right, it's fucking terrible. Like, listen, you. I don't think yeah. you can get dengue fever in freaking Florida like you got Robo. I'm just saying. <laughs> like I lived in Florida for like nine years. I didn't get no dengue fever, so I'll take Did some mosquitoes and hurricanes. Wow. Nine years, quite long time. They got lizards running around everywhere. The snakes is yep. kind of gross, though. I don't. The snakes freaked me out a little bit because there were snakes everywhere, everywhere. Ooh. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, like a massive, massive uh, python walked past the local shop. Like about 400 yards from my house or something. Like I went down, I think there's a cheeky video somewhere I should find it, but this like 20 foot long, gigantic, like Asian python just like casually mooching down the street. Like we get them monitored Bro, all the time. And Robo, that wasn't a python. That wasn't a python. That was the other end of me. Oh, you might be right. Actually, uh, it might be. You got a tail, bro. That's crazy. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Wait, I... <laughs> You don't know Jojo Binks has got a tail. What you're talking about, woman? Come on. <laughs> Fucking love it, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be a good show. That I'll tell you what, man. We started at uh, 8. Uh, and you guys will co- like carry on through to like 11. Or it depends how it goes at the end. But that's some decent like Monday morning entertainment lineup for people who like wake up and maybe, maybe come up to work or blah, 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 you know. Uh, want like a bit of catch up on what's going on. A couple of good fucking shows for people there. Like, I like this one, B-Bands, the Monday where we can build up and then hand over to Bare Bones. Been working out well for weeks now. Like, it's like a nice like setup, man. We feel like the warm up. We feel like the warm up show, didn't we? That's that's all we all we what we always talk about with Bruce. Well, I said the deal, wasn't it? Uh, let the I'm audience know. I'm glad, the I'm glad that this was recorded, so I'm gonna have to go listen to the beginning part of the um of the talk because I was sleeping. But I'm really, really interested. I just heard the end part and I was like, "Whoa!" Some serious. So I can give you a resume. Basically, the beginning was just Maul shitting on everybody with his ten degrees from college. So yeah, 
<laughs> He's like, and I graduated from Harvard. And then after I went to Harvard, I went to undergraduate school. After about 15 years of undergrad school, school i was like you know what i want to learn some more so i got on youtube <laughs> took some courses and i learned a little bit more welcome guys i'm smart <laughs> yeah, and, and then i built my own college because none of the other colleges could teach what i could teach myself <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's why I, oh. I like doing with you guys because you're as fuck as i am <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, when, imagine, imagine at the end of the story, he went, and then I got so bored, I built a time machine and went back to ancient fucking Macedonia and studied in the greatest universities in fucking ancient history. And, and people are like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, 88, 88 miles an hour is not a fucking meme. <laughs> He's like, well, we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, imagine, imagine your man from IPA three said so. Mol, what do you think about how does it, how does the future look to you, Mol? Where we're going, we need no roads. Imagine the smell. Well, man, we're out of nowhere, and that's the that's the right thing. Oh, bro, what a cracker! And I tweeted out tonight. This is what I said, and I hope people like get it. We're gonna continue to uh, create shows that we want to listen to. And, and that's what I think is like really important, like just to emphasize and then other people are doing this as well. It's not about having these like people who are like right in the news cycle right now that are pumping out some, I don't know, cheap ass wallet or whatever you want to talk about, right? It's not about having the same faces on constantly, regularly, because that's what's going to, and that's what you can say about bare bones. Yet you're always shocked or surprised at who the guest is and you've got no fucking idea. But some shows are just going to be the same, same, same again. These shows are created because we're geeks. We want to learn. We want to get better. Yeah, babe, I'm sorry. Hey, real quick. Um, are you guys messed around with Arbitrum? Because they have an airdrop um, coming in three days. So if you used Arbitrum, if you swapped, um, if you used the bridge, if you swapped anything, if you did some kind of uh, uh, interacted with some smart contracts, they'll be... Um, ARB, ARB waiting for you. And the, and like, uh, I went and I checked, I got some ARB waiting for me. Because I was girl, playing. girl, I'm from California. I don't need your free money. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious here, yo. Do you know what he needs to do? Bruce, Bruce, you need to say like, forget the airdrop, get out of the building in your best Arnie voice. Be banned. Forget the airdrop. <laughs> Bebas, don't think about the airdrop. Get out of the building now. I have a job. <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ Almighty! Uh, didn't get on about the arm, man. I heard, I heard fucking Don talking the other night, man. I was like, oh my god, like I haven't had a decent airdrop for a like fucking year. And then your man's like, yeah, I just got dropped 18K. And it's like, fucking Jesus. He got 18K. I only got 4,000. Yeah. I only got 4,000. But that's. <sighs> God damn it. Oh, no, I think I'm it was like... worth 18K. I think it was worth 18K or something. Oh, my God, man. Oh, it's worth 18K. Well, it's not worth anything yet. They haven't, like, it hasn't been introduced to the market yet, has it? I, 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 I'm sure I, I remember 18K. I mean, I, I don't think I was talking, so I'm sure it was USA value or something. 
But the, I don't know. The, is there any way to price it up at the minute? So wait, did he say how many, how many he actually got? Like I got four thousand. I know somebody else got six thousand. I might um, be, I might be down, down in the crowd anyway. I might be uh, wrong, uh, babe. On so I, I remember eighteen k came out with somewhere though. I'm sure. So you've been using Arbitrum quite a bit because uh, I saw the uh, passing the what was it the one billion TVL on that uh, swap. Listen, uh, as soon the moment that I heard about GMX, I fucking jumped on that shit. I love GMX so hard. I got my blueberry NFT from there. I sold it when I made a profit, which was cool. But I wish I never did. But yeah, I love GMX. That perpetual swap on there is beautiful. Yeah, it's not bad at all, is it? And it's uh, it's decent on like the online wallets and that, like on Trust Wallet and that. Uh, hello there, Don. Don's come up to clarify about the ARB, right? I think. Yeah. So there's a um a derivative of Arbitrum token trading on. I think it's Bitmax or something, and it's trading around like nine, ten dollars. So if that were to be the price, were to be the price, then I'd have eighteen uh, thousand. I got uh, 1,875 of them. <gasps> I got more than you, Default Don? Wait I mean, a minute. Yeah. That's impossible. 4,000? You got 4,000 Arbitrum tokens? Yes, ARB. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you see the only thing I didn't do was. Uh, Wait, so did you check all the boxes? I've never, no, I've I only never checked, heard, I've never heard done I, this fucking flabbergasted in my life. I yeah, checked I three of the boxes. And here's the thing. The first, oh, so if you go to the list, the first three boxes I checked, but I also like, I interacted with like over a hundred or 200 smart contracts on Arbitrum. Oh, so I think okay, that that's, that's also, you know, what upped me because I was constantly harvesting my GMX and my wrapped Ethereum. And I also have like have um, escrow GMX sitting locked in 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 there, so I think that also counts towards it. True. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't use Arbitrum much. I had just been using it like uh, uh, the month prior, probably just going in a few uh, when all the Arbitrum tokens were having hype. Oh no! This has like been. I, I think I, as soon as as Arbitrum came out, like. The moment it came out, I bridged over funds. It took forever. The bridge was wonky and sucked. And then I just started kind of like messing around with it. So it's been a minute. I think Arbitrum's been out a year and a half now. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So, yeah, you had to bridge over $10,000 to get. That was one of the eligibility things. I think that's where I might have got it from. Because I, I missed the two, the bottom two. How, how yeah, I only did the top three. So look at the top three. Those are the three that I did. So you missed the bottom I, two as well? Yes, I missed the bottom two. What the hell? How'd you, that's crazy. But you, you did but more you transactions. That's what it yes, is. I did a lot. I did like a lot of transactions. And they're so cheap. I just kept harvesting my money. Well, good for you. Ooh, I kind of feel a little bit data. proud of myself, DeFi Don. Yeah, you're doing oh. well, Levan. So, you can just send up some more, right? <laughs> she went quiet. Very quiet there. Did you know I'm sorry. Straight you on guys here. are breaking up. I got five minutes before I got to go. Be <laughs> on you know, I guys love you. So she's, look, she's looking over at her husband like, do something. Can you do something? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, guys. Right. I'll see you guys. Yeah, yeah B-Band, we'll too. see you. We'll see you in five minutes uh, on your show. Uh, Don, I just want to say very quickly, dude, from the community, the feedback about Friday has been insane, hasn't it, Bruce? Uh, everybody had a great time. It's been class. So, Don, thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. Had a great time. Yeah, oh, you're bro, a fucking G, Diva. You're a fucking G. <laughs> People's been DMing. People's been DMing saying, fuck, like, like we didn't, like, there's a lot of things we didn't know about, didn't realize, especially like the Len Borrow Len thing and that. Right. No, oh, that's awesome to uh, hear. Oh, dude, we, we're definitely going to do a monthly, we might not do it for like the Friday show because that's a bit different, but we're, we're talking about like who else we can slot in if we could have like another one like the three of you, or even another two, like, proper OGs, just come together once a month and, like, educate our little, like, community. That would be amazing, dude. Hell yeah. No, I'm, I'm de definitely down for that. I'm pretty really? sure that the B-Bands will pay you in some app tokens. Before we go, I take care, John. No worries. Take care, buddy. Take care. I wonder if more. Moll, have you been on Arbitrum or did you get an airdrop or what? Yeah, I've been on Arbitrum a bit, but I didn't receive that big. I think it was like a thousand, something like that. But, uh, definitely, yeah. Be all right if it it's like $10 or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's for sure. But uh, no, I mean, I think if it's $10, I'm going to get like a thousand. So I didn't use it much. I, I just used it at the very beginning, but uh, we've got plan explore that thing because uh, there's so much liquidity there it's amazing what what you're you saying you, uh, you can hear sorry robert you can hear how much he licks his mouth when he says so much liquidity you can hear his fucking drooling <laughs> if you look historically at the recent like some of the tokens or like things like aptos uh things like op and stuff like that and things like even apecoin or whatever if you go about that far like, there's no reason why, say, like, Arb can't have, like, a crazy run-up because it's going to be the typical situation, right, of, like, the people who didn't get that airdrop thinking they're going to miss out. They'll, they'll wait for, like, a little slump, and then there'll be slurpy slurpies, and then that thing will fucking pump. I'm telling you. If, you. if you're brave enough to avoid the first dump, that thing will giga-pump if you look at, like, history. And that's a, just a simple fucking fact, like, Go and look at those coins, like I mentioned. Some of the classic, like, big airdrops recently. Look look what happened, man. Yeah, and I was wondering, like, when the airdrop's going to happen. I think it's, what, four days now? I don't remember exactly this, the date, but yeah, I I'm just guessing, like, some people are going to swap to, let's say, USD or USDC or anything. But, like, I have a feeling that some of this money is going to go, like, into smaller coins on ARB. So that's why I bought a bit of, like, uh, coins there, just to see if there's going to be money flowing in these coins. Smart. Was that the AI that told you to do that? No. <laughs> so just before we close up, um, if you enjoy quantum randomness, I would suggest you go and watch the HBO series called Devs, which is all about quantum computing and randomness and how to predict it. And that shit is fucking exciting, man. Are you are you glad that today we had that little Discord call and I said uh, make sure you're following uh, the ANU right, uh, the physics ANU and then your man Ben who who you were calling Ken I don't know why like his name's Ken when it's actually Ben but never mind 
Uh, <laughs> did you hear him mention it? About the... Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, mm-hmm. it's, what's, what, the Quantum Optics Group, it's called, from ANU. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Dude, I knew he was going to go down that route. I said that, like, based, like, like some of their research on, on their research, right? Or some of their work on, on the research, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in. The, I was looking at it right after you said it. So yeah, it was nice little call, nice little coaching, bro. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. you. You helped me pr- improve myself. Oh, tonight was. You, you'll find out when you listen back or whatever over the next couple of like nights how good tonight actually was. Uh, very, very well presented. Like real five star quality, mate. I'm, I couldn't be more proud, like dude of you. I am really buzzing. Like, and long Thank may it continue. Thank tonight. you, man. Finn, Finn just jumped in at the two-hour mark. I think that's the sign. <laughs> to go to the he's going to come in and say, can you all fuck off over to Bare Bones, please, you fucking pleb cunts? But he's going to do it with that, you know, that American, like, yeah, can you, can you all fuck off over there, you know, you fucking, because I'm a Karen, I talk like a Karen when I'm annoying. <laughs> isn't that Finn, isn't he? Mr. Karen, like, he's going to cut this out of the... Rec- you know, when he does the edit, he's like, that's not going in, so we might as well finish now, dude. <laughs> Mall, we know you're busy. Thank you so much. Listen, Mall, uh, Friday, we're going to surprise you. Bruce is going to do a special for the NFT marketplace going live because it's very late here for me, and, you know, Bruce is going to do the duty. So, yeah, man, if you've got anything to talk to Bruce about or whatever, or... If you want to come on on Friday, we know you'll be busy. There might be bugs, et cetera, et cetera, right? So we understand that, but there'll be a mic game, yeah, all Okay? So guys, yeah. I had a question before y'all guys got out of here. I was wondering what would be a good amount of raccoon tokens to hold? Oh, that's a good question. I personally hold just around 5,500, but I feel very underexposed. So, yeah. But also, like, raccoon coin is my biggest bag besides raccoon nfts so i'm uh, um, i don't know i just want to collect as many as as possible i may, might not be the right guy to, to answer that question all yeah, i will say come out yeah i was gonna say it's hard to say to be honest it depends like on what risk you want to take but uh, maybe it's worth mentioning that we discussed with uh Megalu, whitewell well sand basically and they, they provided some good ideas of what we could do with the rack token if we go like interchain and if we use rack token for on every chain. So that, that's one thing that I wanted to discuss, but it's it's in the discussion. And I, and I think I'm just going to post something on the DAO or maybe just discussion of what everyone thinks about that. No, 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 malt, malt, no, no, no. Don't post anything for at least about the next 10 days. Because we might need an accumulation phase. That's all I'm going to say. So, like, chill out a little bit, Mull. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's fine. We're going to wait a bit. <laughs> I, I would say, though, if you want to be part of the future, like, and this is no shit, right, guys? Uh, there's only 900, not 1,000, right? I think it's a 976 or whatever total supply. Yeah, less than a million. This will be used I'm for serious. various things in the Various things in the future. So all I'm saying is, if you've got 1% of rack tokens, you'll be a multi-millionaire in the future. And that's all I'm going to say. And I'm going to go and say, say hello to B-Bands. Okay, thank you, dude. That's what I was looking for. That was the question. That was the answer I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, get your hands. Get your hands on 1%, dude, if you can. Then that's really, really a smart move for the future. Okay, bro? All right, thank you, dude. Right so- on, guys. I'm- I'm off season a bit, yeah? Go on, Brucey, close it down.
So with that said, man, I would just like to thank everyone that has been participating and everyone that has been listening. This is Bruce Mann hosting for Rack FM. See ya, your claps. It's the Rack Show coming from the Rack Store. With this back in the Mac in the back floor. Let's go, chillin' with raccoons by the back door. Take all so you can stake more. All I wanna do is making door right. But I found this crew and doing alright. We wreck real bitch, ready to fight. So many raccoons ready for the boss life. I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right prize. Raccoon supply has the right price. Giving you respect if it's likewise. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack lab from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack lab from the stash app. Rack will take a lead in this haystack. It's the rack lab from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack pack from the stash app. Rack will take a lead in this haystack. Blast that rack rap from the stash app. Supplying the raccoons with a headbang rap. Rack gang with the rack will slang like a trash can. Hoodie with fangs and a gold chain. It's either rack will or the red pill. Best chill while we get into the first meal Best pill, best devs with the best skill No shill, all real, secret is a great deal Rack will insane, Shane better stand fast Robo shooting his tweets with straight facts Knowledge from the street, with the best plan yet Winston gotta eat if you retweet that Free of a life feed from the base camp McKenna always ready if you dare that all raccoons for his rare stash Trash panda biker gang motherfucking hashtag It's the rack lab from the back lab 100 NFTs in my backpack Crazy rack lab from the stash app Rack will take a lead in this haystack It's the rack lab from the back lab 100 NFTs in my backpack Crazy rack lab from the stash app Rack will take a lead in this haystack Spaces.